Welcome to Medical Breakthroughs from Pem Medicine, advancing medicine through precision diagnostics and novel therapies. Your host is Dr. Lee Friedman. Patients often present with a lump or bump either under the skin or on a bone. When is this a sign of a possible trouble, and what is the proper approach to this very common problem? I'm your host, Dr. Lee Friedman, and with me today is Dr. Christy Weber, Chief of Orthopedic Oncology in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the Perlman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania, and recently appointed as the inaugural chairholder of the Abramson Family Professorship in Sarcoma Care Excellence at Penn Medicine. She is also now the director and serving as the president of the Musculoskeletal Tumor Society. Dr. Weber, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dr. Friedman. It sounds like you've gotten some very nice honors uh, recently. Our congratulations. And could you tell us a little bit about these positions, uh, the one at Penn Medicine, the inaugural chairholder, as well as being the president of the Musculoskeletal Tumor Society? Sure. At Penn Medicine, I've been quite fortunate to be recruited as uh, the director of the sarcoma program which just means that I am leading a talented group of individuals, both clinicians and scientists, to try and identify ways to better treat patients with bone and soft tissue sarcoma. It's a wonderful team, and I'm glad to be here. The Grimson family has provided a generous amount of resources for us to advance both the science and the clinical care for patients with this disease. Uh, I have been the president of the Musculoskeletal Tumor Society for the past year. Uh, we'll end at our annual meeting uh, this fall in Houston. This is a national society for primarily orthopedic oncologic surgeons, and I've been involved in this society for the past six or seven years and currently serving as its president, uh, which is quite an honor. Well, very nice. And uh we look forward now to learning a little bit about uh, your area of expertise. And I guess this often starts when a patient may present to a primary care doctor's office with a lump or a bump. Uh, how should a physician approach this uh, rather common situation? Well, if a patient presents with a lump or bump, there are a number of questions that should be asked to better understand the nature of the lump. One important question is to ask about the duration or how long the lump has been present. Uh, in general, lumps that have been present for many, many years and have not changed in size are not terribly concerning. Uh, if the lump has arisen more recently and is growing in size, that's clearly more of a concerning feature. It's important to note where the lump is on the body. Uh, we're talking primarily here about soft tissue lumps or bumps, and they are generally located in the extremities or perhaps around the chest wall or pelvis. If it is a superficial lump uh, under the skin and in the subcutaneous tissues, it's less concerning than if it is a large, more deeply located uh, mass in the upper thigh or upper arm. Does that translate at all to fixed mobile uh, on exam? or not necessarily? A fixed mass would be more concerning than a mobile mass. All of these caveats have exceptions, however, and there can be some cancers or sarcomas in the soft tissue that grow very slowly or that can be quite small in the hands and feet. So in general, I recommend that if someone has a, a lump that they are concerned about, that an image should be performed of the mass or a needle biopsy under image guidance. 
I think it's probably easier to get an imaging study that better defines the mass. Some masses are cystic and completely benign and can be easily diagnosed by ultrasound. Some masses are completely fatty or lipomatous masses and can be diagnosed by either ultrasound or MRI scan. In these situations, no further workup or treatment is needed and the patient can be treated non-operatively if, if they're amenable to this and no further workup can be done. The number one thing I'd like to discuss or mention today is that a lump or bump should not just be removed without a biopsy and without any imaging study. So we should always have a workup, no matter what it is, and know what it is before it's removed. Very, very good point. And maybe I could take a step back, and uh, I'm an internist, and uh, how much do clinical uh, findings, either historical or on exam, tip your level of aggressiveness, uh, tender versus non-tender, symmetry, asymmetry, uh, firm versus rock hard, those uh, associated symptoms like fever, uh, do those play a big role or not so much? You know, not so much in soft tissue bumps or lumps. The most concerning soft tissue masses are asymptomatic. Therein lies the problem. Patients don't believe that they're problematic and often don't present until the mass is quite large. So soft tissue sarcomas in the thigh can be 10, 15, 20 centimeters and be completely asymptomatic, non-tender, non-painful, no systemic symptoms. Uh, and this leads patients uh, a false sense of security. Uh, there are masses that can be growing rapidly enough that they compress surrounding structures or nerve structures and, and are painful. Uh, but the majority of soft tissue sarcomas are asymptomatic. Likewise, would any lab work uh, make you more aggressive or less aggressive about pursuing a tissue diagnosis? Is there any value to getting a CBC or a SED rate, something of that nature? For soft tissue masses or soft tissue sarcomas, uh, the lab work is not helpful at all. It can allow us to know the general health of the individual, perhaps, but it is not helpful in the diagnosis of the lesion itself. Uh, obviously, if a patient does have systemic symptoms of fevers, chills, uh, a tender red mass, we could be dealing with an abscess and not a tumor. In, in general, we're still going to want to look at an imaging study, however, uh, to be definitive about that. Do not want to remove or lance or debride a mass, again, without knowing definitively what it is. The problem arises, and I see this every week in my clinic, where a well-meaning physician or surgeon in the community removes a, a mass based on perhaps thinking that it might be a cyst or a lipoma, but having no imaging uh, and no biopsy. And sometimes the masses are quite deep in the proximal extremities. The mass is removed, and occasionally it turns out to be a sarcoma, which is a surprise to both the patients and the physician. And then they end up in my office to know what do we do now, now that we have positive margins, that we have a high risk of recurrence, and you know what, what does this do to the overall prognosis or future treatment options and, and recommendations. So that is what physicians and patients should want to avoid. And it really is as easy as getting an imaging study uh, and or an use image-directed biopsy um, or just referring them to someone who specializes in this area. 
If you're just tuning in, you are listening to Medical Breakthroughs from Penn Medicine on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Friedman, and with me today is Dr. Christy Weber, Chief of Orthopedic Oncology in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the Perlman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Weber, in terms of choosing what imaging would be appropriate, do you have any guidelines there, ultrasound versus CT versus MR? A general guideline would be the use of an MRI scan for a soft tissue mass. I generally do MRI scans with gadolinium contrast. It gives us the most information possible. Uh, There are situations where an ultrasound would be perfectly fine. If someone is concerned about a Baker cyst, versus some type of sarcoma in the back of the knee or the popliteal fossa, an ultrasound can easily differentiate the two and eliminate sarcoma as a possibility when it's confirmed that the patient just has a simple Baker's cyst or popliteal cyst and then no further workup is needed. Similarly, many of the hand or foot soft tissue masses may be cystic and an ultrasound would be definitive for that. An ultrasound can also identify a superficial lipoma, and we can save money on ordering an MRI scan. However, for most soft tissue masses and certainly large, firm, deep masses, an MRI scan with or without contrast, but I generally prefer contrast, is the appropriate testing modality. I don't use CT scans, and most people do not use CT scans for soft tissue masses as we do not have as much definition of the muscle and surrounding soft tissues relation to neurovascular bundles as we would on an MRI scan. So occasionally think ultrasound, particularly in the extremities or behind the knee, but in general, contrast MRI is the way to go. I, I, would, I would agree with that. Well, let's turn our attention specifically to sarcomas. Uh, how often do we see them? Are they found in particular areas of the body? When should we be thinking this might be sarcoma? Well, I don't want everyone out there treating patients to think that every soft tissue mass is a sarcoma. In general, soft tissue sarcomas will be diagnosed in approximately 12,000 patients, which is a very small number compared to the 1.6 million new cases of cancer that will be diagnosed. However, we talked earlier about the concerning signs for sarcoma being a more rapidly growing, large, deep mass. Patients of all ages can have a soft tissue sarcoma. The soft tissue sarcoma can occur in any portion of the soft tissues of the body. They primarily occur in the extremities and most commonly in the lower extremities. A soft tissue sarcoma can be of many different varieties. There are several dozen specific named soft tissue sarcomas that are differentiated by their histologic evaluation after the pathologist reviews the biopsy. And are are those differentiations important in terms of uh, treatment decisions? It's a good question, and I hope the answer in five years is different than it is today. Uh, Unfortunately, we treat most soft tissue sarcomas with the same treatment, regardless of the histologic subtype. The, The standard treatment for local control of a soft tissue sarcoma is radiation and surgical resection. Radiation can be done before surgery or after surgery. In selected cases, chemotherapy may be indicated. We do not have targeted treatment as frequently as we would like to for specific subtypes of sarcoma. There are phase one clinical trials ongoing for different types and subtypes of soft tissue sarcomas, but thus far we have not had major breakthroughs in cure rates with different types of medications. And and at surgery, are these... uh 
tumors that typically shell out easily, or are they often intermingled with surrounding normal structures? A sarcoma is generally well-defined with a capsule around the tumor, but they're, they're within a muscle or between muscles, and the key is not to shell them out. And that is why someone who is trained as an orthopedic oncologist or a surgical oncologist are the best subspecialists to treat these particular tumors. They require a wide surgical resection, and so that means taking an additional one to two to three centimeters, depending on the area of normal tissue around the sarcoma. There will be satellite microscopic cells up to two centimeters away from the primary lesion that will not be visible on either imaging or grossly during surgery. And so we want to err on the side of being as wide as possible to minimize local recurrence of the lesion. That makes very good sense. And are, are there particular characteristics that make you say, let's operate first, then radiate, versus the other way around? The literature has been clear on the fact that radiation is equally effective done prior to surgery or after surgery. The recurrence rate is the same. Most major centers in the United States opt for preoperative radiation. And the reason is that the overall dose is lower if it's given in a preoperative setting than if it's given in a postoperative setting. Typically, in a preoperative setting, the patient will receive 50 gray of external beam radiation, and that is given usually over five weeks of five days a week treatment. And that'll give the equivalent of 50 gray. We usually then give a patient a break to allow the minor erythema on the skin surface to heal. So generally, depending on the surgeon, somewhere between three and six weeks of a break and then have the surgical resection at that time. If the radiation is performed postoperatively, it's generally six and a half weeks or approximately 66 gray. So the difference there is that there is more fibrosis, scarring, maybe joint contracture, depending on where the tumor is, with higher doses. So we find that patients generally have better tissue compliance after radiation if it's done in a preoperative, lower-dose setting. The downside of doing the radiation prior to surgery is that there are more wound complications at the time of surgery. And that is why, as a surgeon, I frequently employ my plastic surgery colleagues to fill large soft tissue defects after the tumor is removed with you know, a rotational flap or a free tissue transfer with healthy vascularized tissue to try to minimize wound complications. It's not always needed, but we frequently think of plastic surgery more readily when we've had preoperative radiation. That makes very good sense. And, and then what kind of follow-up do these patients have? What is their prognosis if one can generalize? Well, in, if we look at prognostic factors, patients who have a larger sarcoma, uh, sometimes a deeper sarcoma, a higher-grade sarcoma, are more likely to metastasize. People don't die of their local tumor in general. They die of the metastasis. And that's the problem is we don't have wonderful systemic treatments yet, targeted treatments or individualized treatments for sarcoma, but they're coming. So right now we often will give some chemotherapy, hope that it works, uh, but we are going to need to follow these patients for 10 years 
And so the follow-up is more frequent in the first two years, both looking for local recurrence at the surgical site as well as metastasis. And metastasis from soft tissue sarcoma is generally to the lung. So we're talking about chest CT scans or chest x-rays on a regular basis, decreasing frequency out to 10 years. And as you look to the future in the last minute or so that we have, uh, is, is the future treatment for better systemic therapy, or are there other innovations that you also hope to see for treatment of sarcoma? I think the future is quite definitely going to come on the biologic front uh, and the better medication front for treating and preventing systemic metastasis. I think the future is going to be personalized medicine as we better identify the molecular and genetic signatures or fingerprints of these individual tumors and come up with a targeted treatment for those specific patients and those specific tumors. I think we'll see with molecular analysis in a widespread fashion a much different categorization of sarcomas than we have now, and I hope that leads to better treatments. Well, I very much want to thank Dr. Christy Weber for being with us today and outlining for us the general approach to a soft tissue uh, lump or bump with a particular emphasis on the importance of getting some imaging prior to going in and removing uh, a lump or bump, and then for her discussion of the treatment and evaluation of sarcomas. Dr. Weber, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Dr. Friedman. It was my pleasure. You've been listening to Medical Breakthroughs from Penn Medicine. To download this podcast or to access others in the series, please visit reachmd.com slash pen and visit Penn Physician Link, an exclusive program that helps referring physicians connect with Penn. Here you can find education resources, information about our expedited referral process, and communication tools. To learn more, visit www.penmedicine.org slash physician link. Thank you for listening.